The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that is a loser organization. I'm Jake Mintz, and I am not joined by Jordan Schusterman. He is busy climbing Mount Everest. He will be back on Wednesday. I am instead joined by one Mr. Russ Dorsey. Russ, hello, my friend. How are you? What's going on, buddy? I appreciate the invite. How do you introduce yourself to people? If someone says, what do you do for a living? You then say what? The response from me is always, that's a really good question. Okay. Because that gives me time to decide how many of my jobs am I going to mention. So we'll go with National MLB Insider at Bally Sports slash Stadium. He's a host on The Rally on Bally. Also true. Also true. Has a podcast that you shall listen to called Sports Adjacent. And then Friday nights while I'm busy doing Shabbat, Russ is on Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV+. Plus. And he is also a self-described mac and cheese savant, according to his Twitter. All right, all right, all right. Is that is that like baseball savant, but for pasta? Yeah, it's way cooler. It's way cooler. I'm a mac um, and cheese snob, so like, okay, it was just a fun thing I put on my Twitter in like college, okay. and it stuck. Yeah, it it, it certainly stuck. Uh, so <laughs> Russ is going to do the show today. He, we have known each other for a while now. I would define us as buddies. Jordan we was are. out. Uh, Jordan did a show without me earlier this year and had Craig Goldstein from Baseball Perspective step in and host. And I said, what is the opposite of Craig Goldstein? And so that is why I selected Russ. No, no, not to Craig at all. I love Craig. I love Craig, but you guys are, you know, very different people. Yes, yes, for sure. So, Russ, where were you this weekend? Why don't we just start there? So I was in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, for Friday Night Baseball, made my debut as a sideline reporter, which was crazy, but a lot of fun. Uh, and then got to watch the the Twins take on the Cubs for a couple. A couple. A couple innings, nine to be exact. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into all of that. I want to ask you about your experience doing the sideline stuff yeah. the first time. In that context, we're going to go through all of the series of the weekend very quickly. We're going to zoom in on the Padres and the Dodgers. Specifically, how worried do we need to be about the Padres? We'll take a break and then we'll come back and talk about Bryce Harper dunking on the Colorado Rockies despite the Phillies getting shut out. But let's just run through the weekend very quickly. Buckle up and let's see how our weekend was. We had three sweeps, break out the brooms, no mops, even though we had three mop opportunities. We had three sweeps, Blue Jays over the Braves. In Toronto, Brewers over the terrible Kansas City Royals, uh, and that which I believe was on the road, too. Oh no, no, that was a home series. Sorry, that was a home series. That was in uh, that was in Milwaukee, and then the Dodgers taking three at home against the scuffling Padres. Splits Yankees and Rays split at Yankee Stadium. The Diamondbacks took three of four from the Giants. The Rangers took three of four from Oakland, and then the just a whole lot of twos out of three. Philly over Colorado, including that Harper kerfuffle. We will get to that. Minnesota over Chicago. 
which Russ was at. Baltimore over Pittsburgh, which is like my favorite matchup because it just says ball pit. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm 12 yes. years old. And that hits for me. Seattle, uh, two out of three against Detroit. The Astros spoil the Jose Abreu return to Chicago, even though I think Jose Abreu is spoiling quite enough on his own, taking two out of three on the south side. Mets over the Nats. Cleveland scored eight runs in a baseball game on Saturday. Holy shit. Broken clock is right twice a day. They take two out of three from the Angels. And then the Reds, two out of three over the Marlins, who finally lost a one-run game. I believe they are now 12-1 and one in run one-run games. They had been undefeated. And the, my favorite part about this, Russ, is that they were down two in the ninth, in the bottom of the ninth, and they scored one to cut it to one. Well, how about that? What are we doing? That's, just that's just take the two run loss. <laughs> just take the two run. Like that's what a sentence. Take it. Like it, think about it like this. Okay, you're the Marlins. You're going nowhere. Like this team's not making the playoffs. This right? is what you have going for you. You have the one run thing. Like that's yeah. your thing. What's you're gonna lose this game anyway? I just lay down the bats in the ninth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just gently uh, lay them down in front of the it's, it's like laying your weapons down, <laughs> you right? like you surrendering. Here, these are for you. It's like when you know in in Australia how they took everyone's guns away because they're a rational country, and like everyone was bringing their weapons in and like handing them in. That's what we're gonna have. That's what we're gonna have. Uh, let's start with Minnesota and Chicago. What were your main takeaways from seeing these two very, frankly, bizarre teams in person? All right, so. The Twins play, well, both teams play in the weaker divisions, right? I'll I'll say because of some of those teams like St. Louis, even though they've gone through their struggles, and Milwaukee, that's the stronger of the two divisions between the AL and NL Central. But the Twins have this odd situation where they either score like 15 runs or they score two runs. And that's happened. That happened to them in the series. It's happened to them all season long. And you look at the names, and you're like, man, like they're like some dudes in this lineup. Like, obviously, you bring back Correa when Buxton is healthy. One of the most dynamic players in baseball, even though he's their DH now uh, and not playing center field. And then you look on the other side. What's really led the way for them? It's their starting pitching. That yeah. has been fantastic i believe as of right now they're fourth in baseball and starter era and where you have sunny gray looking like the oakland a's version of sunny gray you know you have pablo lopez who you bring over in the trade for luisa rise and then joe ryan who people thought ah he'd be a nice three on a nice on a good staff he might be there one when it's all said and done and so like that team has the makings of being a team that where you're like man they can give people some problems because the starting pitching is so strong Whereas I look at the te- a team in the Chicago Cubs who have kind of come back to earth, right? I, I think Cubs fans are funny because nobody really expected anything out of this team when the year started. Like I came on here and talked to you and Jordan and said, hey, man, they probably aren't going to be close to the playoffs, but they'll be interesting and they'll be close to 500. Nothing about that has changed except they got off to a hot start. They swung the bats really well. They were like one of the leaders in baseball in run scored and OPS and all those fun stats we like to throw out there. And now all those dudes have started to come back to earth. They're not scoring as many runs. And you're starting to see a team that 
will likely finish like 81 and 81. But but it's the order of operations here, right? It's right. the PEMDAS. If this team <laughs> came out of the gate and scuffled, it would have been like, oh, okay, it's another year of like going over the, you know, the friendly confines and having right. a couple beers on a Saturday afternoon. And like maybe they'll be good next year. But instead, they came out so hot that it showed the fan base what the team could be. Like when everything's clicking, right. now the fan base and like we as people who think about baseball, like we look at the Cubs and, and we can envision a successful version of the 2023 Cubs. And that has warped all of our brains and the expectations about the Cubs. Now, based upon like how weak even the NL Central is, like I think this team could be fine. Like I think 81 and 81 should be the expectation for them now, considering how much money they've spent and how much talent there actually is on this roster. Like the fact that Patrick Wisdom, like he's a real boy. Okay, that's that's a that's a a guy. Yeah. He's not an all-star. He's not this good. But like he's a legitimate big leaguer. He's 12 home runs so far this year. Dansby's been spectacular. Jan Gomes is hitting. What the fuck is this, Russ? Right. I like they've gone to the fountain of youth. Uh and well, okay, so like did they waste like is there a sense of, like Cubs fans wasted an opportunity here where like they were so hot so hot for the first month and all anyone was doing was complaining about Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's wild. Like you you like we just talked about you if they had started really slow and you're like, all right, this is kind of what we expected. Bellinger wasn't wouldn't be doing anything. You're trying to figure out all right, who's gonna uh, get DFA'd and what starting pitcher uh, is going to mess up. And then their starting pitching was fantastic. Coming out the gates hot. Uh, Bellinger looks like the 2019 version of himself and playing a fantastic center field. And you're like, all right, well, now this team has to like win <laughs> and like win big in a division where they weren't expected to do much. And it seems like an unrealistic expectation, but that's baseball fans, right? And yeah. that's definitely Chicago Cubs fans and not shitting on them. It's what make like I've made my career because Chicago Cubs fans care. Yeah. Right. Like as a, as a beat reporter and those same people still like follow me in my career. Now they care and they give a damn and you should care and give a damn about your, your favorite team. But sometimes because your team is doing well, it, you have these glasses of nah, right. we got to win. Even though your team is not ready yet. Like, like this team's pretty good. Like they're pretty good. They're, they're yeah. pretty good. They played good baseball. Yeah. We had a long discussion on the podcast last week because we did like a an off-season moves in review. Long discussion comparing Cody Bellinger and Joey Gallo. Two guys who had been all-star level players who looked like they got space jammed in 2022 and there were yeah. aliens running around with all their talent. You saw both of these guys in the same place over the weekend. And yeah. whether I don't know if you got to talk to either of them, but like seeing them in person, which of the which of these break like breakouts or returns to form do you believe in more? Like what's more real to you? I believe in I think when it's all said and done, Gallo is going to be a eight close to 850 OPS guy, right? Like he had gone he had been pretty cold coming into this series. Uh if I got to say which one is more real, I got to say Bellinger, even though I was very hard on them going out and getting Bellinger this offseason. Like, I came on here and told you guys, I'm like, $17.5 million for a guy who's been below average for three years is a lot of money. I said this on but, the show last week. I just, frankly, and like, this is a rude thing to say, I thought he was too dumb to make adjustments. Like, genuinely. 
Like I just was, if the Los Angeles Dodgers coaching staff is not getting it into your head, like that's a you problem. But whatever the Cubs are doing is freaking working, man. It's crazy. But maybe that's not necessarily fair. Maybe it's it's, clearly not. It's clearly not fair is the point I'm making. (laughs) Like I I was wrong. Like I was wrong. Because sometimes it's everybody wants you to succeed so bad in a place. And you go somewhere else and somebody tells you the exact same thing. But it's just like, because it's not those guys, maybe it clicks over here. And it did. And That's they, a really and good I, point. And I think the other part is he wasn't supposed to be the savior, right? They brought him in there to be really good defensively. And if you hit some homers along the way, hey, man, thank you for your service. And then he turned into like their best hitter over the first month of the season and also stealing bags. And you're like, you, we might have like a four, four and a half win player here. At least. I mean, at least considering how good he is in center. But you're right. Like they brought Dansby in. And so there was very little pressure on his shoulders to kind of turn in and and, and be the guy. Do you think the Twins can win this division? Like, are they the favorite in your mind after seeing them in person? For sure. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, I trust that their offense will score enough runs to support the pitching. When I look at Cleveland, I can't always say that. And it 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 pains me to say that because I see the Cleveland Guardians every year and they're in the exact same position and we doubt them and we think they're not good and we don't think they can score runs and then their pitching is fantastic. They shove, they score enough runs to support the starting pitching, they win a lot of 3 to 2 ball games and boom, right back in the postseason. But I look at this like I think the Twins did a great job this offseason trading from strength. Nobody wants to give up a guy who I think is the best pure hitter in baseball in Luis Arise. But they had a clear need for starting pitching. And their starting pitching is a whole run better this year than it was last year. Like a full run. That's significant. And I think a lot of people thought Pablo Lopez was a really good starting pitcher in Miami. And he's taken that and you add him in with Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray. And that's a legitimate, you know, top three in, in, on, in a, on a good team. And then you add in uh, Bailey Ober, right, for the injured Tyler Malley, who is going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. And and at 6'9", he's been pitching really well for them. And I talked to Joe Ryan this weekend, and he said that it it helps that there's really good guys on that staff. And I think something that gets lost is they lost their pitching coach in the middle of last season, Right. West Johnson goes to LSU from a big league staff and goes to college. It's something we've never seen in baseball. Pete Mackey steps in as their pitching coach. And then it's really kind of trying to play catch up because, yes, he's on the staff, but verbiage is different and how you, you know, uh, reach guys is different. And you're spending way more time with guys than you would as a bullpen coach. And so I think it's I asked Rocco Baldelli this uh over the weekend too like is it fair to say that pete Mackey having a full year to get to know these guys and also adding pablo lopez in which helps has made a difference and he said yes but west johnson is different from pete Mackey in that you know pete's a very cerebral you know think about what he's going to tell you think deep thinker where west was a you know 
high energy, high personality guy. And it takes some time. Like your guys really loved him. And not to say that guys didn't like Pete, but it's just like, it's new. It's different. Yeah. And so I think they've gotten time to mesh. And I think that Joe Ryan being able to pick Paulo Lopez and Sonny Gray's brains is fantastic for his development. But you could see that them as a staff, they've really been able to gel really quickly. Now they need to go do the same thing for an offense that is very much stuck in nap time. Let's pivot to the Padres because the Padres went to L.A. over the weekend and they got absolutely dominated by the Dodgers arms. They scored a total of four runs in three games, getting swept on the road. San Diego is now 19 and 22. They are seven games back of L.A. They are four games back of Arizona. They are just one half game ahead of the Cincinnati Reds, a team I think like, can you name 10 Reds? Yeah, we can because we're freaks and like this is our job. But right. like a lot of people can't. I, I, I do. I do that with the Oakland A's with people like how many Oakland A's can you name? I'm like most of them because I am. I have a problem. Right. Yeah. So here's the little game we're going to play. And then we're going to talk about the Padres. This game right. is called is Russ more or less worried about X than the 2023 San Diego Padres? Okay? <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Russ, are you more worried about dying alone or more worried about the 2023 San Diego Padres? I am more worried about the Padres than me dying alone. Okay. Like you don't, you don't stress on that. No, you've known me for years and I, I, I'm a people person. I imagine I will find somebody to die with. All right. Uh, Do, are you more worried about the 2023 Cleveland Guardians or the 2023 San Diego Padres? Mm. A little bit of a vibe switch from dying alone. I'm going to say I'm more worried about the Guardians than the Padres. Are you more worried about losing your keys slash wallet on any given day or the 2023 San Diego Padres? Padres. I'm pretty responsible. Oh, wow. That must be really nice because for me, (laughs) as worried as I am about the Padres, I'm way more worried about losing my shit. Um, We came into this season, Russ, and like the vibe in San Diego was immaculate. Like they were selling out introductory press conferences, right? That is just something we have never seen in baseball. Like the only thing I can think of that resembles that is European soccer. They do this when they sign a big player. Like they bring the guy out to the stadium and he kicks the ball up and the fans go crazy. Or when the Miami Heat introduce yes. Bosch and Wade and LeBron, right? And not one, not two, not three, whatever. That, like when I think of these things, it's like that. It's the Padres at, uh, like in the sold out stadium in January with all these guys. And we are a month and a half into the season and I'm seeing Twitter threads from Padres fans. Very tense about where things are at. I see people tweeting videos of like guys laughing in the dugout during a loss being like, we got to be more serious. Um, And so we have very much reached the tight anus portion of the program. How worried are you? Oh, that was a a great soliloquy by you, sir, to set this up. I'm not as worried as most, like they're 19 and 22 at the time of this recording, right? I trust 
that they will figure it out because of the players they have on that team, dog. Like, they are so top-heavy, and that might be part of their issue. They are so top-heavy that if one or two of those guys is not on, you have issues. Like, I'm I'm not a, a, a – we're in, in baseball. We love sample sizes, right? Some people need a big sample size. Some people are like, nah, fuck it. Small sample size. When the last two days when this guy is done. I need more small sample size people. I need – we talk about this, but, like, we need more that boy nice fans in baseball. Like, give me small sample size. <laughs> like a guy who has a three for four that is probably bad, and you're like, nah, that guy, he nice. He's nice, He's dude. nice. He's nice. That's like – He's great. Who cares? That's like how I felt about Derek Dietrich. Like, he's nice, man. Yes. Yes. Uh, But I think 15 games for me is always a nice sample size. It's a good trend. Over their last 15 games, Fernando Tatis Jr. is starting to look like that guy again. 917 OPS. Juan Soto definitely looks like himself again. Has a 1217 OPS over his last 15. Right? Manny Machado... Even though it hasn't looked like Manny, still has an 859 OPS over his last 15. And after a hot start, like extremely hot start, Xander Bogarts has a 561 OPS over his last 15 games, right? So three of your big four have actually been swinging the bat really well. And Russ, they have lost seven of their last nine. Correct. Because even with all that, they're 25th in baseball and run score. Their complementary pieces have not done well. And it's not enough that their big dogs are playing well. You need your Jake Cronenworths to play well. You need your sneaky pickups and Matt Carpenter to play well. And Nelson Cruz outside of that Mexico City series to play well. Like you need Trent Grisham to play well. Hassan Kim, which is a guy that I love for what he was able to do defensively but also why Tatis was gone like he turned himself into a, a above average offensive player and if those guys aren't going to play well it puts you at that much of a deficit yeah I, I man what a weird situation dude like because not not many of the guys that you mentioned have been horrible like right. Grisham Cruz Cronenworth Matt Carpenter and Kim are all like within touching distance of 100 OPS plus like league average hitter but they need a couple more of those guys to be better than that. Yeah. And then, I mean, the big issue, and this is like where most Padres fans are pulling their hair out, is the lack of production they've gotten from the catching position. Where Austin Nola looks turducken cooked. I mean, he is 148, 250, 210 slug, 29 games into the year. I guess 30 games with today. Like, yeah. that is no bueno. And then they, you know, they call up this guy, Brett Sullivan, who'd been in the minors forever, and he's like a backup catcher. And Luis Camposano is maybe the catcher of the future, but he's been hurt. Like, the catching position for them is such a question mark. And when you look at the some of the other best teams in baseball, especially in the National League, they're so solid there. The Braves have Murphy and Darno. The Dodgers have had Barnes and Will Smith since, like, we were t- five years old. Yeah. You know? The Brewers have Contreras who they've turned into one of the best defensive players in baseball already. Having a rock back there is a big, big deal, even if the guy can't hit. And But Nola has just been – he doesn't offer that same level of upside defensively, like that same assuredness, But and he's been hitting with a pool noodle, right? And so you just get to the scenario where that's the biggest question mark with them, and it's just so hard training for catchers on the open market in the middle of the season. They should go get William Contreras. 
Or what's sorry, Wilson Contreras. They should get Wilson Contreras. It's uh Who says no? That would be a crazy <laughs> Preller move, dude. Go get go get Wilson Contreras on May 15th. Oh, that's nuts. It's so uh it's such an interesting point you make about he doesn't provide the defensive production that you would need for him not to hit. Right? Like he's not Martin Maldonado with the glove. But he he's not going to provide you with Wilson Contreras offense. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's and, it's and like that's not his fault like he converted to catcher when he was like 28 or whatever yeah. the hell. But he's and that's really that hard. Guy. Like the fact that he's even in the big leagues catching after yeah. just learning a couple years ago is amazing. Yeah, he's just not that guy. And it's just an interesting place that they've decided to go down with the ship. And I just think they need to find a way to upgrade there. Now, I'm not sure who that guy is. Like, you just go get a defensive specialist who can't hit, who's just like this, the same level of hitter, right? What, do, what are you thinking? So two things. Uh, I'll ask you the first one about the catcher position, and I'll ask you the second one. Uh, Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. You know? That's... Yeah, he's a for hilarious... A team that's going, for, a dude, for a team that's going nowhere and yeah. probably has to make a move and for a team in the Padres that need a catcher, send yeah. him back to San Diego where he kind of made his name? Yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, he's been pretty bad. Um, and the thing about Change him... Change the scenery? Yeah, I don't know. But the thing about him that I have a problem with is like Grandal is awful at throwing out runners. And I think in this day and age, you can't do that especially in the postseason where got teams are going to be running like crazy in October yes, this year. And sure. I think that Grandal is a week is a week this year. I would go like James McCann, who the Orioles now have is like a totally fine fit. Like he's like a good defensive catcher. People like throwing to him. He's confident back there. Provide like, some just get like a, yeah. Like he's boring and he's not good, but like he's fine. Right. The Padres need to go find an adult who can play catcher. And if they don't, they might, be in some serious trouble because that position filters its way into the production of the rotation in a really meaningful way. We've talked about that a lot, a lot on this show. Um, when it's all said and done, I think this team will be okay. I think they'll make the playoffs. That being said, it's early, but the Dodgers already look like they're just still the Dodgers and the, the Padres are not quite grown up enough yet to really challenge for the division. Yeah. Little brother got, jacked over the summer right and they're like nah they about to kick big brother's ass and big brother's like no no you're not it's the same and so right. maybe little brother does kick big brother's ass little brother knocked big brother out of the postseason last year but yeah you know, is it was it did you just did little brother just get lucky the question i was going to ask you what are the san diego padres good at um getting butts in seats and see, that's the thing. Like for for an offense, for a team that spent so much on offense, trade capital, and you know, like just money, like you got to be able to score runs. And twenty fifth in run scored not going to get it done. And for a team with the names that they have, they're fourteenth in homers, and on the pitching side, they're fourteenth in starter ERA. They're sixteenth in bullpen ERA. Like they're just kind of yeah, had a lot of different things. And they can't just be meh and expect to be the team that we expect them to be and they expect them to be. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of pressure here on this team, too. Oh, for I've sure. I've seen some people sure. been like, all right, it's time to like get rid of Preller or like get rid of Bob Melvin or 
Like, no. Bob Melvin is the only thing keeping this thing from completely falling apart. <laughs> like, you get Bob Melvin out of this, and they're going to lose 25 in a row. It's going to be a problem and a half. Um, all right, Russ, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to go deep into Bryce Harper taking on the joke organization that is the Colorado Rockets. Hey, everybody, I'm James Hinchcliffe. And I'm Alexander Rossi, and we're the hosts of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. The biggest race on the IndyCar calendar, the Indianapolis 500, is right around the corner, which means the much-anticipated docuseries 100 Days to Indy has begun. Each Thursday, right after new episodes of the show drop on The CW, we'll be dropping our own reaction podcast on the Off Track feed as we break down everything that we saw in the episode and talk about which one of our friends are really putting it on for the camp. Listen to Off Track now on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here on Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mintz, Russell Dorsey, pinch hitting for Jordan Schusterman because Jordan is joining a cult this weekend. He'll be back on Wednesday. Russ, my favorite piece of news from the weekend. I don't even know if this is news, but my favorite happening. Everyone's favorite rivalry. uh, Bryce Harper against the entirety of the Colorado Rockies. Um. First, before I walk people through this, what is the reputation of the Rockies behind the scenes in baseball? The same reputation that they have not behind the scenes. <laughs> like, there's no secret. Like, just it's the joke. same thing. Yeah, it's like the same thing with the A's. Like, everybody sees the A's and like, dog, the A's. That's the same conversations happening in, in circles around baseball. Yeah. Sometimes it really is that simple. Yes. Um, all right, so what actually happened here? I'm just going to read from uh, the MLB.com article, courtesy of Todd Zalecki. Um, Harper said Rockies pitcher Jake Bird, who that's when I'm tweeting, Jake Bird, Jake on the bird, crossed the line in the seventh inning Sunday afternoon during the Phillies' 4-0 loss of course field. Bird taunted the Phillies dugout after he escaped the jam to end the inning, prompting Harper to storm the field, benches and bullpens to clear, and Harper and Bird to be ejected. I get emotional, Harper said. I understand getting fired up for an inning and stuff like that. Once you make it about a team, you make it about yourself and the other team. That's when I've kind of got a problem with it. couple quick thoughts. Oh, so then uh, Harper comes out and then a rip leader, uh, a lip reader, uh, looks at the video and puts together that Harper said, you're a loser fucking organization, every single one of you, which is hilarious on so many levels. This has layers to it. Okay, I'm going to get one thought out of the way and then I'll kick it to you. Yeah. You have to really do something to piss off the Phillies because this team, for how talented they are and for how underwhelming they've been yet this year, they are goofballs. Like, they are not a conservative bunch when it comes to celebrating or being emotional, right? Whether it's Jose Alvarado or Brandon Marsh or, you know, like, they have guys who go nuts all the time, right? Right. Uh, Friend of the show, Garrett Stubbs, did a an air crotch chop after a bunt single in like a Wednesday afternoon game against the Dodgers earlier this year. Okay. in like the fourth inning or something, these guys are goofy. So to do something that is seen as taunting to get Bryce Harper to run out of the dugout and confront you, you must've said something pretty provocative. And here's what I have to say with all due respect to Jake bird. You're not Bryce Harper. He is. Okay? Like, if Bryce Harper says you're wrong, 
you're probably wrong. Yeah, like two-time MVP, Jake Bird, Benefit for the doubt is likely going to go to the two-time MVP. And who you got? Fair, who you got? <laughs> fair or unfair. So here's my other part. Like, I saw the video today because I was, like, in the airport heading back to my house when you sent it over. And <laughs> very funny. But there was also something from Saturday night, right? So this wasn't just about the series finale. Okay. There was a clip of Bryce Harper on Saturday night where he just goes, fucking losers. Right. So it was death. He was already feeling away going into Sunday's game. And then after Bird did what he did, he's like, you know what? Nah, I'm not playing with y'all anymore. This is so good. It's so funny because it's like uh, Jake Bird chirping at Bryce Harper and like waving at Bryce Harper, like, hey, come get me. Like, dude, you're Jake Bird. Like, oh, oh actually, oh, Wikipedia says he's Jewish, Russ. So I think actually Jake Bird is right. And Bryce Harper's wrong. Hey, sorry. Man, I'm not I'm not getting into that one. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I guess Jake Bird is right. Uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. No, I'm kidding. It just looks silly. Like, if you're Jake Bird, you're chirping Harper. Like, it's not you. Um, I want to talk about Harper saying you're a loser organization. Bryce Harper, having just been around him recently, knows ball. He is not one of these players who just plays it. He watches it. He thinks about it. He talks to people about it. He knows what's going on in the sport. Like he knew Jared Kelnick's specific swing changes, having never interacted or met with Kelnick before. Like he could speak to those types of things. So he's paying attention. Savant. And that, he's a savant. So what that means to me is that when Bryce Harper says to the Rockies, you're a loser organization, he is not saying that as an insult. Okay. He is saying that as a fact. He is saying that as he is stating it. You are a loser organization. I, one of the most important players of the generation, I know it. And you all know it. And the whole world knows it. And it's so funny. Yeah, yeah like, this wasn't a question or I wasn't asking. I'm telling. Uh, and I think it was. it's what you asked me before we got into this of, how do people talk about the Colorado Rockies behind the scenes? And I think a lot of people would say exactly what Bryce Harper said. Yeah. He just said it and people could hear it. Uh, he said you, the quiet part out loud. He said the loud part out loud. You made a great <laughs> point to it. me before we started recording about Chris Bryant too. Like his buddy that he's known his entire life, going back to the Vegas days, they were the same little league team. He's also part of that organization. And it's like, all y'all, including my buddy, well, right, because if you look at the quote, this is courtesy of someone uh, named Nick Bacone, I believe, uh, on Twitter. He says, you're a loser fucking organization. Every single one of you is what he says. He didn't need to say every single one of you. But he's like, he's like, yeah, you're all losers, including the guy who sold out to fake retirement in Colorado and will never be on a competitive team again and got his bag. I'll see you at lunch tomorrow. Love you, Chris. I'll text you later. Um, how are the kids? They're good. You're a loser organization. It's like, <laughs> it's like you couldn't waste. You, you, you're you so angry. You got to get your point across. And you don't have time to say, you're a loser fucking organization. Everybody except my good friend, Chris Bryant, who did sign here last offseason and really enjoyed himself in Denver. God bless. Like, you don't have time. So I, 
I need a Rockies beat writer to ask Chris Bryant about this. Be like, hey, you're the guy you've done since you were three said that you're a loser organization. Thoughts? <laughs> what if KB was like, I mean, he wasn't talking about me. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, yeah, you guys are losers. Like, I know no, he's, he's, right about, he's right about you, but not about me. Yeah. That's and my I'm right, yeah, yeah. I love oh, <laughs> That's so good. That's <laughs> so funny. Uh, oh you guys are all a bunch of losers. So Bryce Harper, yet again, confirmed as a guy who watches baseball. Russ Dorsey, as we wrap up the show, because I need to get to bed because I'm tired. Where do you want to end things? What do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? What can well, I what can I do you for? Let's 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 talk about this. So. I am uh, going to the bathroom this morning. We love that. At 7 a.m., right? You can stay hydrated. We love a and, night. We, uh, we love a middle of the night, early morning pier on the right? show. And yeah. something I always do when you wake up early to go to the restroom, I tap my phone just to see what time it is. And on my phone, I have a text from a source uh, about Riley Pint being promoted to the big leagues, right? Who now, is for everybody Riley? Out, yeah, who is Riley Pint? Riley Pint was a high schooler in 2016 that was taken number four overall in the MLB first-year player draft. Uh, a top prospect for a long time. Went through injuries, went through command issues, actually retired in 2021. After his retirement, he said, you know what? I'm going to give it one more go. Big arm. He was having his struggles, but you know, one on one, you still throw. If you throw one on one, people are gonna give you an opportunity. That's for electric sure. arm, and finally, after seven years since being drafted, got promoted to the big leagues. It's a crazy story, considering that you and I both know a lot of guys who make that long trek through the minor leagues, have struggles, have issues with command. It wears on your mental health, and you're like, dude, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. And so for a guy to go through all that and say, I'm going to give it one last go. And because of injuries and all these other things, you know what? I finally got my shot. So cool story. I also think if you look at that 2016 draft. Yikes. There's some, there's some, the teams took some big swings in that draft. I have a couple takeaways from Riley Pyatt. Okay. Okay. So Number one is that it is a great reminder of how volatile the draft is and how volatile yeah. high schoolers are and how volatile high school pitching is. Yeah. You take a look at this draft, right? Like Riley Pine goes fourth high school pitcher. Yeah. Braxton Garrett goes seventh high school pitcher. He's he's actually okay. Matt Manning has been meh for the Tigers high school pitcher. Jason Groom high school pitcher, right? Forrest Whitley. With Houston, yikes. Yeah. High school yeah. pitcher. You know, it's it's a really volatile group. And as we enter draft season, remember, like, when your team gets a guy in the first round, like, there's not a guarantee of anything. This draft does not have an all-star in the first round. Yeah. And there's literally no all-star appearances in the entire first round of this draft. The earliest drafted player with an all-star appearance is Brian Reynolds, who's taken with the 59th pick. Alonzo was taken a couple of picks later. Bo Bichette also in that round. Bieber, Burns in this draft. 
Santiago Espinal and Tony Gonsolin are the only two yeah. other all-stars. Oh, I guess David Bednar was the 35th rounder. Congrats to David Bednar. So that's one thought yeah. I have about Riley Pine. The other thing I have about Riley Pine is that it is kind of a bummer. I find this a little bit sad because there was a quote that he had where he walked into the locker room and he was like, I haven't been here since I got drafted. Yeah. So you get drafted as a high school kid, man. And like you, they, they run the whole red carpet out, purple carpet out for you. They bring you to the stadium. You sign the contract, you get all the money. Like you get to see the life and you're like, Oh, I'll be here in a couple of years. Yeah. And to think about what this kid, what this guy had to do between then and now to like walk back into that room and to say, I haven't been here since I got drafted. Especially because it does not appear that Riley Pine is going to stick. Riley Pine has a seven ERA in AAA. Now, yes, I know it's the Pacific Coast League and Albuquerque is like a launching pad and all these other things, but it doesn't exactly appear that he's figured everything out. Maybe he will one day and be a competent reliever. But just to hear him, like the rawness of I haven't been here since I got drafted. It's yeah. like, damn, that's tough. Also baseball, you know? Yeah. Um, but real. Oh, really quickly before we go, can I play a quick game with you, Jake Metz? Sure, man. All right. Quick game of buying or selling. Um, yeah, Christian always Yellich. buying. Always buying. <laughs> Christian Yelich had himself a weekend. For the Milwaukee Brewers, over his last 15, an 897 OPS with three homers. Buying or selling Christian Yelich being back. What's Can I do neither? <laughs> like, whenever people play these games, it's like buy or sell, right? Can I, like, just sit here? Like, can I can I lounge? <laughs> well, lounge, lounge with an explanation. Like, yeah, I'm a lounge. I'm a wait and see. As someone who does not play the stock market, I, I don't know the terminology. So I'm going to say I'll lounge with an explanation. Yelich has been great last week. Mm-hmm. He looks better than he has at points since he mm-hmm. was the MVP in 2018. Correct. Right. And then he was even better in 2019. People forget. But he's been a pumpkin like the last three years. Mm-hmm. Listening to him talk after these games gives me some skepticism that something is different. And the sense that I get about him is like, he is a feel guy. Like when he hits, like he's not doing a whole lot of um, like, I'm trying to think about the best way to say this. Like he's not a heavy analytical guy when it comes to swinging and his mechanics and whatever. He's a big feel guy. And I think that that is like, if, if it had clicked, if something had clicked for him, I would imagine that his interviews after the game would be like, yeah, hey, I made this adjustment and this is happening, right? And there isn't that. And so until it's like, if someone can explain to me why this has happened, maybe, you know, there was a mental change or maybe it was because he lowered his hands or whatever, then I'll buy into it. Right. But until then, I'm, I'm in a lounge. Interesting. Because I think you could make the argument, what's the difference between Yelich and Bellinger right now? Bellinger's in a new place. But the explanation for the success is pretty similar. Like, there's not some, oh, I made all these swing changes. I think you've seen some, and you can clearly see it in the setup at the plate. Yeah. But for the most part, he still looks like Cody Bellinger. I think with Yelich, he most, for the most part, still looks like Christian Yelich. I think the confidence thing with Yelich is a big part. Like, I know, I think it goes hand in hand with field, right? Yeah. And I think watching him over the last couple of years when he looked lost at the plate, 
And this was a guy that for two seasons was Barry Bonds, right? Like there was a time in 2018 when people said, realistically, he might be in the same conversation with Mike Trapp. That was real. That yeah, happened. that was a thing. That did happen. That was a thing. And, and and I think it was it was fair, right? Like, I think it was still Mike Trout, but it was a fair ask with the way that he was performing. And I look at him right now, and I see a guy that is starting to feel his old self again. And sometimes just having that feel of being your old self and like, damn, now nah, I can still hit a ball 450 when I want to matters. Yeah, I agree with you. I just want him... Like after the game, he's just like you know, just taking every at bat like one at a time, like taking every at bat. like when that, he that was might, ro- that's just him. Yeah, yeah, no, but like when he was rolling, like there was joy in it for him, man. Like in eighteen and nineteen, like he wasn't effervescent or anything, but he played with a little bit of a hop. Like he smiled a lot. Like he doesn't have that same spunk to him right now. I'll take here. Let's make a little bet on this. Okay, I'll set the over under on his OPS plus at. 115. Over. Over. By the time the season's over. Yeah, I'll hammer the under on that. Like, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. This is a little good. Uh, Yeah. I I like that because I I think I thought thought you were going to say 115, and I'm like, oh, easy over. Okay. Maybe I should like you. You you think you think Christian Yelich can't get to a 117 OPS plus? I mean, he hasn't done it since 2019. So. But also to your point, I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with nine years and 215. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. They gave him the key to the city and it weighed like lead. You know, any other buys or sells or lingers for me? Yes. (laughs) The lounge is the the buy seller lounge lounge. lounge. All right. Buy seller lounge. The your AL West leading Texas Rangers. I'm going to lounge here. Yeah, I'll lounge on this. Uh, they're they're not going to win the division. I would still go with the Astros as disastrous as they look right now. I do think that the Rangers are a playoff team. Is that count as buying? That counts as you buying. Okay, then I'll buy. Uh, and the reason I've said this on the show before is when they do something good or it's like a big late-inning situation and they pan into the dugout and they show Bruce Bochy and it's like, oh, he's an adult. Like, he'll... <laughs> <laughs> he, he he didn't come out of retirement from a Hall of Fame career to like be the ringleader of a circus. Yeah. Like this is a real thing. Yes. You know, whereas for the Angels, like I still have some skepticism about how real of a thing it is. One is it just is it just Fugazi? Is it just a mirage? Right. Whereas with the Rangers, like I'm 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 buying. I'm buying the the Rangers as a legitimate team. I do not think they're a World Series contender. Um, but like Nate Evaldi is freaking nails, man. That guy rules. I think I am also buying the Rangers for the fact that they are fourth in OPS in baseball as we get into the last couple of weeks of May into June. They're seventh in homers. They can hit the ball at ballpark. They're second in run scored. And they haven't had Corey Seager for like a month and a half. Right. And they are fifth in starter ERA without Jacob DeGrom. Nathan Ivaldi looks fantastic. John Gray, they fixed John Gray. Martin Perez hasn't even turned into Martin Perez yet. And Andrew Heaney, while he's had some struggles, if you take out his first start where he allowed, I believe, seven earned runs, has been really good and strikes out almost 40% of the batters that he faces, that's a really good team, man. And they're led by a championship caliber manager 
And they have shown that they have the money to go out and get what they want. Evan Carter is coming. He's down in, 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 in AAA right now, tearing it up. Marcus Simeon looks like Marcus Simeon. And you're right. They haven't even had Corey Seager. Like, this is a really good team. Oh, love Josh Young, by the way. One of my Are favorites. You? Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe is hitting third for them. He can't stop hitting 300. I love Nathaniel Lowe because he has a very distinct look. He's got the tight pants. He's got the turtleneck. The turtleneck. It's so retro, dude. The only thing he needs to fully be a 90s ball player is steroids. Um, do you have any other 90s or uh, do you have any other buy, sell, or lounge for me? No, those were my only two. I didn't want to okay. you know, linger too long as we closed out the show. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, well, Russ Dorsey, thank you so much for pinch hitting for Jordan Schusterman. You're a regular Willie Harris. You're welcome back to any time. Coming off the bench, cracking yourself a ding dong. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything you'd like to say? Uh, happy Mother's Day to you, I guess. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, uh, Mom. I Anything to plug? No. Russ underscore Dorsey one on Twitter. Russ underscore Dorsey on IG. Watch the rally on Bally Sports. Watch Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, oh, I will say, shout out to all the men and women out there who are sideline reporters like every day. Oh yeah, how'd that yeah. go? How'd that go? It's hard. Uh, it went really well. Like I heard from a lot of people, and they said I crushed, which I appreciate it. And thank you for everybody that said that. Uh, heard from the old bosses; they were really happy. But it is, I know how I prepare, and so I was like really wanted to make sure I had everything I needed. Like I had twenty hits listed out. This guy did this. They did this in the off season. And I'd probably use like four of those. Um, but I got a cool interview with Christopher Morell after the game, who is all energy. It oozes out of his pores. Uh, I know both teams really well. So it was a nice first time doing that job. Do I want to do that in the future? I don't know. But I said yes to a cool new experience. And if there's anything that I want everybody out there to learn today, say yes to cool new experiences. I love that. Remember that, kids. Uh, remember, everybody, you can email us. I always forget the email. Usually, this is Jordan's job, honestly. <laughs> like, I, Jordan says, like, hey, you can email us here. You can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. I think we're going to do a big, hefty mailbag episode at some point pretty soon. We'll be back on Wednesday once Jordan finishes his health retreat. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Serious XM Podcasts.